This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me this evening are Richard Halls. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we're going to kick off with Werewolf Castle, the latest film from Charlie Steeds. Uh, then we have Cole Meany in Confession. Uh, then we've got Chloe Grace Moritz in Shadow in the Cloud. Our short shot this week is Dennis, and we're going to round off with a bit of Charles Sheen. You might have heard of him. Uh, in Postmortem, in our DTV throwback. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Werewolf Castle. When his village is massacred by a clan of werewolves, young Thorfan joins a team of mercenary knights who've been summoned by the Baron to undertake a deadly mission. Um, okay, so I've said in the past, I am a fan of Charlie Seed's work. Um, we've covered films like uh, Death Ranch and quite recently um, Skinwalker. And I, I was a big fan of um, A Werewolf in England, which we didn't get to cover. Uh, last year so I was, I was really looking forward to seeing this um, and I think it, this is a case of um, ambition being uh, what's the word I'm looking for ambition kind of being obstructed by practicalities um, I can kind of see where they were going with this and what they wanted you know what they intended but at the same time, I can kind of see um, that they, they sort of hit unforeseen obstacles along the way, which sort of force them down sort of particular avenues. Uh, I'll go into this a bit more as we go on, but I'm going to throw it over to Steve. Um, what did you make of Werewolf Castle? I enjoyed this, actually. Um, when it started, I didn't think I was going to, just for the simple fact of what happens with Thorfinn. Um, I really didn't like his character for the first 10, 15 minutes because of what he does and how he acts and stuff like that. And then when they set off on the quest and decides to go with him and, you know, guide the knights to the castle and he really started to grow on me like he does with the knights as well. You know, they don't, they don't really want them around and stuff. But as the film went on, I, I started to really enjoy it, actually. Um, it's, it, it's, it's very cheap. Um, I actually thought the monster effects were actually quite good, to be fair. Um, I like the story. I like where it went. The only... My only real gripe is... was the werewolf attacks as such. I don't know. They just they just seemed quite off and didn't. Mm. It, it just seemed like they were just flapping their hands about, <laughs> and that was the only thing that really really put me off mm. that I didn't like about it. But rest of it, I, I actually really enjoyed it. It was not what I expected with her. Uh, Rich, I think this is your first Charlie Steeds movie. So um, how, how did you how did you find this one? Well, firstly, I love the logo, like the the uh, Dark Temple motion pictures ident, mm. you know, 
thing that mm. comes up at the start, sort of gently retro style. I thought that was great. Uh, I like how the credits are sort of retro as well. Um, the, the, the the thing to say is that it's called Werewolf Castle, but there's not a lot of castle. Uh, the, you, you basically get like 10 minutes of castle right at the end. So it's more, it is more of a, a, a knight's quest kind of story, you know, sort of journey, mm. journeying uh, tale. Uh, and yeah, it, I mean, yes, it is low budget. I think the uh, costumes and stuff were really quite decent. Uh, and the cast are, you know, very, you know, cast of un unknowns to, to, to uh, you know, there's no, there's no name in the cast that I'm familiar with. Um, but they were all game and doing quite well, I thought. Um, the overall, the, the overall film, not really my cup of tea. But I do, I did see some, you know, I, I, I did think there was some really nice cinematography uh, at times. Uh, you know, the, with the lighting and uh, and some of the locations. You know, they shot on location at a real at a real castle. Um, unfortunately, because they've shot at a heritage site, basically. There are signs mm. of there are signs of it being, uh, you know, contemporary. So there's some like clearly, you know, uh, safety railings that have been put in. <laughs> and at one point, like right at the end, there it, it's like in the middle of the frame. It's like there's like a little like extension box that they've done at the car. The castle's got like a. It looks like there's an added uh, viewing area or something that's been added oh, in. Yeah. Clearly <laughs> modern. <laughs> it's, uh, but it's but it's right there. It's like right in front. Yeah. Of, you know, there's the <laughs> shot around that somewhere. I thought so because that was quite distracting. Just think, hang on a minute. This that, that looks very 20th century. Yeah. Um, well, at least at least they managed not to shoot. They managed not to get the gift shop in 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 shot at least. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so apart from uh, you know some minor gripes, <clears> like, <throat> it's trying to do something different. You know, it's period. That's not easy. Uh, mm. It's got. It reminded me of um, stuff like Knights of the Damned. Mm -hmm. we yep. With, um, uh, was there Sarah Pippian and, yeah. um, and others, uh, yeah. And Sylvia, uh, Sylvia Simak. The, yeah, so it's in that vein, I would say. Yep. And also the uh, the Arthur and Arthur and Merlin film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the, that mm. kind of stuff. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of this kind of ambitious low budget mm. period stuff happening in the in the british you know in this the low you know low budget filmmaking space and stuff and mm. yeah as my first student <clears throat> experience uh, i thought you know that there's definitely shining lights there uh, and you know i'll be, I'll be interested I'm, I'm i'm curious to see how this compares to a werewolf in england was it called yeah a werewolf in england mm. yeah this one's got very fluffy werewolves mm. loads of them uh, as Steve said, yeah. pretty good costumes and stuff, but they are very fluffy. Uh, they're, 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 um, they're a they're, bit cute, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know they have gone practical, which I like. Uh, you know, yes, exactly. My, yeah. I, I mentioned that I think they sort of possibly ran into some obstacles they possibly didn't foresee. Um, a lot of the film takes place in daylight. Mm. Um, for example, just about everything that happens at the castle at the end is in daylight. And I'm wondering if that is because they weren't allowed to shoot at night, you know, for, for health and safety reasons or, or something like that. So they're forced to sort of do, do a lot of the external scenes in daylight, mm -hmm. you know, with, with the costumes. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there was lots of different locations, which is, you know, uh, that is a departure from his films. They are usually, um, you know, not exactly one room affairs, although Skinwalker more or less was. Winter Skin. Uh, so Winter Skin, not Skinwalker. Um, made that in Finland, you know. Hmm? Apparently made that in Finland. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a complete aside there. I just yeah. heard that <laughs> mentioned somewhere. There. Yeah. But, uh, you know, things like uh, Death Ranch, you know, that was sort of a couple of locations and Wealth in England is mostly set around, you know, a, an inn, basically. So, so you know, this is a lot more expansive in, in scope. Um, but I think in, in doing so, you know, that they possibly came across a few obstacles which, which you know, di didn't go their way. But overall, I, I still enjoyed this. Um, I'm, I agree with you, Steve, in that it looked like we've been sort of handed a bit of a lemon with with our protagonist at the beginning, um, yeah. and, and to a certain degree, he reminded me of Eddie Redmayne in um, the Black Death, uh, with with Sean Bean, the uh, Christopher Smith film. That, that's quite a few parallels with that film. Um, you know, there, there's a bit of a sort of apocalypse now sort of feel to it. You know, the yeah. uh, some men on the mission, some meeting weird characters along the way. So yeah, and, and I like the script. You know, the the script is well written. The, the dialogue is is pretty decent. There's there's mm. not too much foreshadowing built into it. Um, you know, things things that are going to happen. You know, there, there's one bit where um, you know that one of the mercenary guys going, you know, if you ever get in trouble, boy, don't expect us to yeah. come look helping you. And I'm I was like going, yeah, that's how you're going to die, isn't it? You're going to come to his rescue yeah. or something like that. And and oh, you know, th things don't pan out the way you expect so no but i've said that i did like that character that you know the yeah bullshit. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought he played it really well and um you know you've the kind of twist at the end and you find out what who he is and what's happened and mm. stuff like that i you know i thought it was it played it played out really well and i also like the um like the main he's not actually you know the main wolf yeah, you know the, um, and I thought the, he's the Pied Piper the, kind of character. Yeah, yeah. He was a bit camp. He was a bit campy. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, but I think I think that was the thing because don't forget, I mean, there's, there's a scene about halfway through where he's you know lying down with one of his conquests and stuff. You know, mm. yes, I think, <laughs> I think it, it, you know, it's very, it's very Anne Rice vampire list that kind of stuff. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that kind that kind of a thing, mm. but yeah. Um, also the um, like the transformation of him as well when he transformed. Mm. I thought the effects on that were really good as well. Kind of reminded me of um, oh shit, Wolf the Wolves. Oh Cold yeah, yeah. Wolves. yeah, yeah. You know, a bit like that from years mm. ago. Um, yeah. But no, all in all, I, I I did really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm getting good vibes here, guys. Good. Okay, mm. scores on the doors then, Steve. I'll give it a seven. Mm -hmm. And Rich, uh, a six from me. I'm going to join you on a six. Um, I, I prefer the Werewolf in England, I must admit, and, and Death Ranch for that matter. Uh, but this sort of sits alongside uh, Winter Skin for me. So, um, mm. but you know, th there's a lot to enjoy here, especially if you're a fan of Charlie's work. Uh, he's, he's already got another film in the works. I think he's using similar locations to this one for, for, his, for his next film. So hopefully that works out a bit better. Um, so yeah, two sixes and a seven for Werewolf Castle. Go check it out.
Our next film is Shadow in the Cloud. During World War II, a female flight officer boards a flying fortress on its mission, carrying a case of top secret documents. Not only must she put up with the mistrust and suspicions of her crewmates and a squadron of German fighters intent on knocking them out of the sky, but there is also an evil presence which is also determined on creating mayhem. Uh, this has just had a long stint on Amazon Prime and is now finally getting a physical release, Rich. Um, stars Chloe Grace Moretz uh, as our eponymous hero, heroine. Um, I must admit, I do like this. It's it's one of these films that's confined to one location, i.e. the inside of this um, World War II bomber. And a lot of the dialogue is sort of coming across, uh, you know, the uh, the headsets of, of the characters. So, so even though, you know, most of the film is set on uh, Chloe Grace Barrett's character, um, and we only hear a lot of the other characters for a lot of the film. Um, so she's having to do a lot of work here. How did you find this? Um, I don't know. I can't make my mind up with it because there's so many different things going on. And it just didn't <clears throat> make sense, really. I mean, you've got her on the, getting on the plane. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the misogyny, the black, you know, all that. Yeah. Lot. Then you find out what's in the bag mm. and why she's doing what she's doing. Then you've got the gremlins as well. Mm. Then you've got the plane being shot to know. shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. I just think it's just, it's just a bit of a mess, to be fair. Mm. I think they're trying to cram too much in. If they just kept it nice and simple, you know, with the gremlins and, and that was it, they just appeared out, you know. I get it, but there's throwing everything in the kitchen sink in there as well, and it's just a bit too messy. The only aspect I, of this which which I didn't get on board with was hmm. the was the case and, and its contents. That yeah. was the bit that, uh, that I went, whoa, hang on a minute. Um hmm. You know, although there are a couple of times when you, you know, it, that, like the case is in peril of like falling out of the plane or you know, or stuff like that, and she's having to you know, do do these sort of heroics to sort of make sure she keeps hold of it, and you're thinking, why yeah. just just kick it off the plane? Then nobody has to worry about it, you know. Mm. But there you go. Yeah. The, the whole thing with the gremlin, I thought worked really well, personally. Yeah, but it it it, but nobody questions it. Mm. You know, if they just said, like, what the fuck, or what yes. is it, or something like, you know, they just there and just appear. Yeah. And that's it. Nobody's like, nobody questions where they come from or what they're going to do or anything like that. They're just there I and that's I suppose, it. I suppose they got other concerns at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, exactly. That's what I mean, though. There's too, too much going on. Mm. And the like the first what 45, 30 minutes where she's like in the the gun turret basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I'm I was wondering if that was something to do with COVID. You know, like right. 
COVID protocols or something, and they they change the script just to keep her in there or something like that. I don't know. Mm. It just seemed a bit strange to me. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 made before it, COVID. Yeah, I think. No, okay. So it, it was a, a choice then, basically, not not forced <laughs> on them. Uh, yeah, it's just. I think they tried tried cramming too much. I mean, Chloe Grace Moretz, I think. She's a great actress. She really is. Mm-hmm. Even in this, she's great. And she has to do a lot. You know, she has to carry a lot of the yeah. film on her own. And, and there's there's bits where, mm. you know, the, the whole gun turret basically gets knocked out of the plane and she's having to sort of hold, hang on with it for a dear life and yeah. crawl back yeah. into the plane, you know, all that sort of stuff. There's one really harrowing bit where she has to use her finger to hold the um, the thing oh. shut. That's, yeah. that's really horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's nasty. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I I liked a lot of this, but I don't know. There's you know we've seen films like this before. You know, recently there's the um, uh, the the film with uh, I think yeah, what's that one called Lock with um, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, oh, Tom Hardy and yeah. um, um, the driver with was it the driver with um, Wheelman, Wheelman, yeah, with Frank Grillo. Mm. You know, whereas literally that single location and, you know, they're basically having to act with people who are off screen the whole film. Yeah. So, you know, she, she gets a little bit more interplay than that. But, you know, for a mm. lot of the film, she is in that sort of situation. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not bad. I think it's a bit too long for its own good. And I, I wasn't. Yeah, but it, having said that, it's only about 80 minutes. I, I know, but there are, there are things know. which felt a bit too long. Um, and the whole thing with the brick with the case that you know w- when this reveal was inside, I was like, "Oh God, okay." <laughs> you know, it lost me at that point. Mm. So yeah, on on that basis, what are we going to score it? I think I'll give it a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I liked it a little bit more than you. So I'm giving it a six. Um, yeah, there's a lot to like here. But at the same time, there's a couple of bits, you know, the mileage may vary. You may agree with Steve, but they just try to cram in too much. You may agree with me that they crammed in just enough or, or um, but, you know, that doesn't mean everything works. So mm-hmm. there you go. It's a five and a six for Shadow in the Cloud. Go check it out. Our next film is Confession. As Father Peter prepares to lock up his church, a mysterious injured and armed man bursts in. Um, okay, so this seems to be a week of, um, you know, clo- no, scrap that, I forgot I said that. Okay, um, here we have Cole Meany, um, Chief O'Brien from Star Trek, of course, uh, playing a priest and having to deal with a character actor we met quite recently in um, Code of Silence, mm-hmm. uh, who was... Um, Stephen Moyer. Stephen Moyer, thank you. I was desperately trying to find the right <laughs> IMDb page. Um, yes, uh, Stephen Moyer, who was um, brilliant in um, uh, Code of Silence, the craze film that we watched a couple of weeks ago. Uh, how did you find him in this one, Steve? Um, it's one of the performances was great, but I just thought it was quite slow, to be fair. 
Um, I think it could be more of a stage play than a film. It's very, very convoluted, really, with not much happening. Um, you know, the double, the double cross and twists, and who's who, and who's he related to, and it, yeah, it just didn't really seem to go anywhere for me until the last five minutes or so, and then you know another character turns up and someone else turns up and. And a lot of the plot twists are very. I can't. I can't think of the word, but you know what it's like. Oh, it's too good to be true. Basically, it, right. you know what so I mean. Too contrived, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah too contrived. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. <laughs> and yeah, I just thought it was a bit boring. To be fair, mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. I I must admit I had to skip watch this one, so I was sort of um, just watching a few scenes to fit it in. But the overall impression I got is that this is you know mostly a two hander. There is a third character knocking around who comes in and goes, mm. and then right at the end we do get another character. Um, yeah, but I, I it, it's it's it just doesn't work for me this one. Um, mm. You know we were talking about Shadow in the Cloud, which is another. Um, you know, sort of single location kind of film. Uh, I was talking about Charlie Steed's previous works, which, which had limited locations. Um, yeah, but but with just two characters and and no real sort of flashbacks or anything to sort of flesh anything out, it it just didn't work for me. You know, I couldn't yeah. see myself watching the whole thing. Um, Rich, over to you. Yeah, I don't think there's a huge amount to say about it, but it is. I thought. You know, the best way to for me to sort of describe it is it's a conversational thriller. It's mm. just, as you say, it's, mm. it's similar to um, what we were just talking about with, like, you know, the single location kind of movie. Uh, it's it's all taking place. I don't think there's even an establishing shot from the outside. It, no. Correctly, it's 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 all inside the church, uh, either the, the sort of main main part of the building or, or like the back rooms or and yeah, a, a very small handful of characters, uh, mainly a two-hander, as, as you say. But yeah, I did like the, I did like it. I, I, I thought it was a good thriller. I thought it paced itself quite well, considering you know, the, you know what it was working with. It is like a play, uh, and it was you know a good play in that way. Um, really quite interesting within the sort of low budget that, that they've probably got. Um, you know, you've got two good quality actors in in the uh, in the central roles. Colmini is obviously great. Uh, Steve, now this is a, a British film, but they set it. It's set in America. Mm. And Steve Boyer is putting on a bit of a wobbly American accent, uh, and I don't know how this is similar to. I think he he's done other American stuff, possibly in that True Blood. Uh, he yeah, was yeah. In I don't know, but yeah, it was. Yeah, but in in this, for me, the accent wasn't quite. Pull it, you know, working. I mean, he was much better in um, Code of Silence, Craze, Code of Silence recently, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And yep. the, I, I'll say, I did like it. It didn't drag or anything. I thought it was quite, you know, good good twists and stuff. Got quite um, liked some of the developments. But apart from that, there's really not uh, a lot to say about it. It's quite, it's quite insubstantial. But, you know, good for what it is. Okay. 
Uh, scores on the doors then, guys. So, Steve. I'll give it a five. Mm -hmm. uh, Rich? Uh, I, think it's def I think it's definitely worth watching, so, and I did enjoy it, so I'm going to say a seven. Okay. Uh, I'm going to abstain from voting on this one because I don't think I've seen enough of it to to, to really justify that. So let, let's stick with... The fact uh, mm -hmm. is that it's directed by David Beaton, who was a co-director of Tower Block uh, and uh, various other oh, things. Right. Uh, often used to work under the pseudonym Ronnie Thompson, according to IMDb. Uh, wrote things like Green Street 3 oh, yeah. uh, and the Hatton Garden job. But more recently, wrote The Banishing, which we covered. The Banishing, the Christmas. Thing. Yeah. 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 And stuff. So, yeah, so I, I'm not sure about what, what the thing is with the with the two different names, but uh, hmm. whether he was, whether Ronnie Thompson is the pseudonym or, or but according to IMDb, uh, Ronnie Thompson was the pseudonym. But uh, yeah, I, th I think it's quite, I, I'm, I haven't seen Tower Block, I'll be honest. Uh, Tower so, Block's very good. Which he co directed yeah. with James Nunn. Yeah, uh, and he did another one called "I Am Soldier," which I need to check out. And also, um, I believe is "I Am Soldier" the one that Mike Fury was in. Quite possibly, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they, I mean, Ronnie Thompson, uh, he, uh, David Beaton, whatever, he was a producer of Green Street Three and. Mm. And other stuff so he, he you know he's he pro pro probably you know they mix in the same circles if you see what i mean so it wouldn't yeah, be, yeah. You know, with the with mike being in you know involved in green street three it's, it could have quite possibly gone on to gone on to that one as well but i can't say yeah he was actually right. yeah mike fury was in um i'm soldier i thought he was i do need to check these out because they are a, a you know all of all of these you know british movies that, that he's worked on all interest me. Mm. I just haven't got around to. <laughs> I just haven't got around mm. to see. Apart from obviously Green Street Three, but uh, yeah, Green Street yeah, Three was good fun. But I like it. I, I, I've liked what I've seen. I mean, I didn't yeah. love the bashing. I'll be honest, but um, no, yeah, that, that, you know, for for a Chris Smith film, that wasn't um, one of his stronger ones for sure. But anyway, okay, so we've ended up with a six, no, a seven and a five for um, Confession. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Dennis. When a gang of illegal arms dealers are attacked by Super Agent Connor, it is up to their secret weapon, Dennis, to deal with him. But is he actually up to the task? So this is a nice four to five minute short. Um, you know, it's, it's a good little parody, a sort of skit on um, you know, the sort of type of fight scenes that we, we generally get. Uh, I quite enjoyed this. Um, I like the character Dennis a lot. Um, Steve, what did you make of this? I couldn't go on with the humour in it, to be fair. It, um, <clears throat> I just found it quite ridiculous and it just didn't settle with me. Um, I thought the fights weren't too bad. The choreography was quite good. Performances, I thought the Dennis performance wasn't too bad, but the others, I just didn't get on with it at all. It really, really, it, it even annoyed me at points. Um, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Not for me. Definitely not for me, this one. It reminded me of, um, there's a couple of skits they do on Family Guy where, where Peter keeps hurting himself. Mm. You know, it, it kind of reminded me of that a bit. 
Uh, Rich, as our curator of the shorts, um, what drew you to this one? I just thought I I just quite like the 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 um, you know the the humor. I, I did like the humor of it, the novelty mm. of it. I just thought it was quite funny. I mean, it is something we've seen before. Uh, when I was watching it um, the second time around, I was thinking it reminded me specifically of like Austin Powers. You know, like hmm. I'm very badly burned, hmm. kind of kind of stuff yeah. that Will Ferrell was yeah. doing. Who, throws, who throws a shoe? I ask you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you got, you got the setup, which is mm. you know the usual interplay, and then uh, between the the baddie and the and, and the hero, and, it, and it's all heightened. You know, he's like, don't don't mm. talk about my hair, and you know, yeah. <laughs> and he's um got um what do you call it? He's dubbed over with this sort of ultra yeah. macho kind of voice, and the the choreography is is good, but a bit too. Re, you know, looks like they're rehearsing rather than actually filming a, a scene. But I don't know whether that was by design. You know, it just sort of looks that way or something. I, I have a feeling that's by design. Yeah, I, I think yeah, they, mm. they, they were trying to heighten the, the silliness of it. But when henchman Dennis comes in, mm. and, it, and and then they just do that first fit, it's like, ow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and then and then they just sort of drag it out a bit more. And I get, I completely get what you mean with the whole sort of. Ooh, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, a bit from Family Guy. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, and then there's a nice little payoff and stuff. It is a sketch. It's basically a, you know it's a yeah. it's a sketch spoof mm. action, action movie sort of spoof time thing. But to be honest, I've seen I wa I watched there's a new MacGruber series and I watched the MacGruber yeah. film. And in terms of a spoof of action movies kind of thing. Mm. I got on with this a lot more better than I did with that. You know, it's, <laughs> as an example, I really didn't like MacGruber at all. Really? I just did not think. sometimes, I think sometimes MacGruber gets spot on. Uh, there's yeah. a couple of there's a couple of things I enjoyed about the movie, and I and I'm proceeding with the the, the sequel series to mm. just sort of see what little you know because they've got good people involved. You know, like, yeah. I mean. Al Kilmore was in the, the movie and Lawrence Fishburne's in the series. But yeah, overall, you know, I just didn't get on with it. Whereas this, I just thought it, it just, you know, it gets in and out, mm. does a nice little parody. And yeah, uh, sort of doesn't that stay as welcome? I mean, if it had been longer, maybe it would have grated a bit more. But yeah, I think, oh, yeah. I think they get it just about right. Um, yeah, just the whole, whole thing with him being just totally oblivious to the, you know, the, the serious danger that he's in. It's like, uh, somebody's blocked me in with the, with the car. Oh, yeah, the car. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I, like, I liked all that. I, I quite like yeah, that. Um, yeah. Absurd level, but where it, I think Magru the problem with Magruba for me, I think was just I, I'm going off on a Magruba thing, but the uh, the humor it's too like gross out and sweary and, mm. and stuff. Whereas this is you know this is just on the level kind of stuff. It's sort of playing it out. It's playing out quite earnestly you know mm. which i thought worked quite nicely mm -hmm. awesome well we don't score the shirt yeah we don't score the shirts we don't score the shorts but we certainly recommend you check them out um you can easily fit this into your lunch hour check out the link below uh we don't think you'd be disappointed that is dennis go check it out our dtv throwback this week is post-mortem James McGregor is an ex-Los Angeles police detective turned crime writer, now wallowing in an alcoholic stupor in Scotland. When the corpse of a young woman is posed outside his home, James is quickly under suspicion by the police. 
But as more bodies arise, his skills as a detective are required to catch a serial killer. Now, this is one of those films, guys, that when you hear about it, you have to watch it. You have to put it on your list. If you're a film fan, it's such a curiosity factor. You, you have to track it down. So mm. here we have a film directed by Albert Pune, who did films like Cyborg and uh, Nemesis, which we covered a while back, and um, the, 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 oh, the Sword and the Sorcerer, you know, the, uh, one of the classic sort of like sword and sandal movies that came out around about the same time as Conan. Um, and then we've got Charlie Sheen, um, credited as Charles Sheen, um, because we believe that he was trying to be a more serious actor at the time, um, shooting a film about a serial killer in Glasgow in Scotland. So that is a lot to take in. Uh, whether or not it's actually any good is, is kind of beside the point at this point. Um, but let's, uh, let's discuss it anyway. So Steve, over to you. Um, did the sort of curiosity factor of this outweigh um, the actual enjoyment of watching it or vice versa? Um, <clears throat> it's definitely a curio. I mean, like, like you know, as you just, just said. Um, but all in all, it's more like um, your typical 90s serial killer movie, really. Um, with some, you know, interesting quirks, but yeah, it, it it's definitely a strange one. It, you know, just Charlie Sheen in the middle of Glasgow, you know, working in a rundown police station, you know, trying to find this serial killer. And I must admit, it's a couple of weeks since I watched this, but it, you know, it still has left a mark on me. But it, yeah, it's, it's definitely weird. I mean, how did manage to get get Charlie Sheen mm. over here to do it? I, I don't know. I, it, it's just weird how it's. I want. I, I'd love to see like behind the scenes how it came together. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, um, like a DVD extras or something like that. I, I think that'd be actually really interesting. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's decent. You know. It, it is. It's like your typical mid-90s serial killer slasher thing, but with just these really weird tangents that it, that it, that it works on. Um, but, yeah, it, it does work. It's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's pretty decent. Uh, Rich, so, so basically we've got Charlie Sheen appearing in a feature-length episode of Taggart. That's exactly how I used to describe you know, it. It's funny yeah. you used to say that. that. I like, when I used to tag for you, I said it's Taggart, but with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> that is spot on. Yeah, yeah, really is. Um, but you're right. It's so it's so unique. I mean, what what other films can you really think of where a Hollywood star is in a, is in Scotland? I mean, there's not a lot. I wouldn't have thought. No. And nothing. This mm. is the only one that really sort of cemented itself in my mind. I mean, just because it's, yes, it's a formulaic serial killer movie, but having that, you know, Hollywood director, Hollywood actor, but in Scotland, in Glasgow, it's just, it's, it's so unexpected. Mm. Um, I mean, apart from, you know, you take all the bells and whistles away, and it, it is like kind of a 
TV movie serial killer thriller. Watch it with watch it with my nan yeah. sort of thing. That I would but watch. it it, it, yeah. play, it plays the the whole police procedural stuff like with a complete straight bat, doesn't it? You know, it yeah. is mm-hmm. it is deadly oh, yeah. serious. Oh, it's in, deadly serious, absolutely. In, in that sort of element, yeah. Yeah, and I think if you compare it to some like later stuff like um, uh, Steven Seagal's uh, Kill Switch, which mm-hmm. does some similar similar kinds of stuff. Um, but in a you know in a typical sort of more of a Steven Seagal sort of way, um, <laughs> I still think this is more you know it's got a better consistent tone, I, and I do prefer this to the sort of more um, uh, to some of, to some of the other examples. But this is very much mm. of the you know coming out around the time seven and and mm. uh, you know there were and Science of Names obviously was started it all. But yeah, as Steve was saying, interesting to know. How I mean, I presume it's a financing thing that they said mm. were looking for. They will. They maybe had another location lined up, but then they end up. It's like how a lot of films end up shooting in Romania and whatever in the two yeah. thousands. Yeah. You know, it just it's a it becomes a, a a cheap place to go and shoot. So uh, there was that um, that one that we watched uh, for the throwback with Richard oh, E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. See that I was thinking oh, of that yeah. because that has a very similar aesthetic. Yeah. Very in similar, the in the way yeah. the two films look, yeah. and they're both. Uh, although in that one, it's actually set in uh, a foreign. I can't remember. What, yeah, in yeah, Europe, yeah. somewhere in yeah. Europe. It's like Eastern but Europe, it, isn't it? Yeah. But it's a very yeah. strange sort of. Okay, that's a bit weird. Richard E. Grant in this. It, it, it it's it's an unusual fit for it all. Um, hmm. You know these British actors and whatever walking in this area. But but yeah, so Charlie Sheen's sort of sticking out like a sore thumb. But I think he actually does really well with it. Uh, mm. According to because uh, uh, Matty Budrevich did a, an article on on the shop fair where he sort of he'd spoken to the producer, and they were saying how you know because there were news reports and stuff of of Charlie Sheen's like behaviour mm-hmm. <laughs> during the film because he's like you know properly coked up uh, around uh, you know and, and well into his drugs. And he was, he was just method acting at the time. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but I think if you look at I mean look at the film and his performance in it, I think if you consider the fact that he was going on benders and stuff while mm. he was while he was making it, it actually it, it comes off pretty well. I think I think he, he does his performance. I think is he does decent, really I think. well. But yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like the you know the, the initial. Bit when the police turn up and they <laughs> and they're kind of like right son we got you banged to rights we have kind of thing you know he's sort of got the murder weapon and everything and he's like you know he's quite calm under under pressure he's like no what you've got there is a bread knife you know which just happens to have my blood on it kind of thing you know mm. he, he, know, he knows the game he, you know they, they can't rattle him uh which which i really liked um, i think there's elements of Charlie Sheen's own character and you know own persona and mm. sort of a, that they've worked into hit into that character you know he's he, he is feeling you know he is the kind of guy who's going drinking he's he's down and and you know mm. he's he's got all this stuff going on got all the baggage and whatever and that but I think that that works to the to the film's benefit I think the the, the problem comes with the it was a film that was clearly shot in widescreen but it's yeah. very we much got, like got a, a pan and scan, and, scan and, and, and it's very grainy as well, isn't it's it? It's very the, grainy. It's very um, rough. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple of scenes where we get, you know, the, the, the camera's quite far away and has to sort of like um, get close in on on Charlie's face. And by the time it does, it's, you know, it's trying to catch his eyes. Um, but by the time it's zoomed in that far, the picture quality is so grainy. 
you know, it's uh, you, you can't really sort of see what they're they're trying to show. You've also um, got those interesting touches that um, Albert Pune does, like the coloured lighting and stuff. So there's some mm. scenes that are like all red or all another colour. You know, yeah. so he, he, he mm. quite likes experimenting with stuff like that. But apart from that, there's not really a lot of. I wouldn't say there's a lot of signature stylistic touches, which um, say Pune is is known mm. for for doing that kind of stuff. This is more of a um he's working in a he's working within the the, the you know the conventions of the genre, of the genre you know, he's not yeah. he's not straying too yeah. far too far into any sort of artist yeah. he, 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 some of his movies can be really uh indulgent mm. and in some cases quite to me very slowly paced and whatever which i don't think mm. is a problem here i think you say that mm. but i think the first 10 minutes is you know it's centered on Charlie Sheen's character basically waking up, yeah, having oh, a yeah, drink, having is, a bag, going like... back to sleep, and I think, well, you, you, yeah. you've shown us ten minutes of nothing. Yeah, that, really. there isn't anything. Yeah, that's annoying, yeah. and the credits <laughs> annoy me as well. One other thing is Char- Charles Sheen. Mm. His name has got a massive yeah. space in between in between his first and his last name, which drives me nuts. And which is uh, a bit, but... or, or it's big enough to put an I and an E. Do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they but yeah, oh, as a, a side note, yeah, this was like one of I, bet, I think about five films mm. that he did under the where he changed his name to Charles Sheen. Mm. Uh, I think it, I think it might have been the first one, but I, he did another one called Bad Day on the Block, or, or um, mm. uh, I, I, I think he might have used the Charles Sheen name there, but he he basically dropped it. But he did also did he, No Code of Conduct was another one he did with Mark Dacascos and. Right. You know, a whole bunch of other people, uh, mm. which was uh, Brett Michaels from Poison's film. Yeah, I think, if I recall correctly. Mm. So yeah, he, he did. All right. He was he was very much in this sort of DTV, you know, low budget realm for a while, mm. but trying to compensate for that by, you know, actually acting. Uh, you know, well, actually, no, so I, think, yeah. no, I think he's always. I think he's always acting. I think. He's, to be I think honest, he's I, I agree. Yeah, even but, you know, even that World Trade Center horrible film that we saw. No, you know he he actually properly acted in it. So yeah, I think I think he always does what he does. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just think it's interesting that he changed. He'd already changed his name because his real name's Carlos um, Estevez. Estevez. So he yeah. changed it to Charlie Sheen to you know to you know sort of I don't know if it's riding the coattails of his dad or whatever, but he was sort of mm. trying to forge that connection, which Emilio Estevez didn't do. He didn't want to mm. do that. But then um, he's. He's he's gone. Oh, you know, I've been Charlie for ten or fifteen years now. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, my career's on a bit of a downturn. I think, I, you know, maybe in a, you know what the the Come Up for Reviews guys call a bid for seriousness. Mm-hmm. He's, he, they've actually they've got like a whole section on their podcast about based on this theory of you know who who could do this, who could who could who could see make their name really serious. To, so they were mm. anyway, but so. And it just didn't, it didn't really work the way I guess he was hoping it would do. And, you know, people just mm. sort of laughed at it, I guess. And so then, you know, yeah. you just go back to. Well, back I think two and a half people. men probably happened around about then, didn't it? So, yeah. Well, when did that happen? Mm. So, uh, 2000s. Uh, he yeah. Went, he, he, oh, he did Spin City because he took over from. Oh, that's right. He took oh, over from oh yeah. yeah. And, and he, yeah, I think that was, I think that was it. I think they said they. Base, they must have said, "We want you back, but you've got to be Charlie." You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, 
brand. We need the brand. Yeah, but and then he was, and that's kind of cemented his TV, you know, mm. career from from that point onward. But this this is kind of the, you know, money talks. I mean, this is not money talks. Was only uh, a year before the one the one mm. he did with Brett Ratner, which kind of the, was the film that basically set up Rush Hour. Yeah, mm. so know, that was it, that was the that was the Chris Tucker movie that Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker. That was the, yeah, and yeah. then and then they and, and Brett Ratner and the, and they went on to the Rush Hour movies, but Money Talks obviously was the, I guess kind of didn't do anything for his career. It was kind of uh, yeah. After that, that was a cinema after the cinema release. He'd done Shadow Conspiracy, or whatever, which you know hadn't done a huge well, and then boom, he was straight into DTV. Whether that's whether that was complicated by, you know. Mm, his personal uh, life illicit indulgences in his personal life or whatever yeah. I don't know but he was um, yeah I think this definitely set, I mean no code of contacts and, and a couple of the others I don't think are really that it, um, no code of contact is interesting because of, it's got such an amazing cast mm. but it's not a particularly good movie but this as a Charlie she- you know, Charles Sheen movie as an example as a product of its time mm. uh, as something quite novel uh, being you know due to its location or whatever really stands out and and i'd i'd seen it a couple of times i've never loved it but i've seen it a couple mm. of times uh but going back this time the one time the one new thing i did notice was ivana Milesovic, yeah who went on to have a really successful career and, and still is successful yeah and mm. uh i had no idea at the time because uh, she wasn't established or anything but she's playing scottish in this, I which i think is yeah, really yeah. strange because mm. she's um like uh, eastern european i think Yes, that's right, yeah. A couple of things I want to mention about this. Uh, One is the score, which is incredibly overwrought at times. Um, It is very bombastic, trying to add drama to scenes which just do not need it. Um, And it just makes certain scenes sound ridiculous, unfortunately, um, from my point of view anyway. But I think one of the film's sort of shining moments is this whole sequence where the police kind of get ahead of the, the killer and work out who his next victim's going to be. And it's a race against time to try and track mm. her down mm. before the killer does. And, yeah. you know, oh, no, she's she's gone off with somebody sort of thing. Oh, no, we've got to try and try and get him before anything happens. And, you know, it kind of plays out the way you expect. But then there's this brilliant sort of twist this sort of sting to the whole thing, which I thought worked incredibly well. Um, so, yeah, no, I thought that was a real stand-up moment for this film. Um, okay, so we don't score the uh, the throwbacks, but we certainly recommend you check them out. Uh, you will find this on um, Amazon Prime. So if you're a subscriber, you'll get to watch this for free. Please do check it out. And that is the end of this week's episode. So as usual, thanks to Rich and Steve for joining me and talking about these interesting films. You, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you for having mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages at the DTV Digest and also our DTV Short Shots page uh, where Rich puts a new short on every single night around about eight o'clock. Uh, thank you for listening and tune in again next time. Listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.